novel idea for those of you who still don't know and the what 10 of you that do know thank you so much (laughs) thanks for listening (laughs) random person from canada and texas and virginia so yeah it's kind of cool watching seeing those analytics i mean we got a person in canada so i feel like we're pretty international now i know right like i mean call me pit bull okay I mean, we have, you know, 12 followers on Instagram, so I'm feeling pretty yeah, good. That's Novel Idea Podcast at Instagram, yeah, by the idea. way. Shout out to that. Yeah, Novel Idea Pod on Twitter. Um, I'm super horrible at Twitter. I don't get it. I really just, that's why I downloaded okay, everything baby. again, because I'm like, I need funny stuff to post, and I'm like not getting it without social media, which sucks, you know, so... I need to like relate to the kids. I need to relate to my people. I have never had a Twitter. Like even when it was brand new, it was a hot new thing. Even now that it's gotten bigger, I don't know what it is, but Twitter has never called to me uh, on a personal level. I honestly don't get it. Like Facebook is very simple. Instagram is very simple. Having to like do it all over again is like, God, man. I can't go through all my people that I went to high school with, all the people that I've worked with, all the people, like random people that I've met here and there. Like I had to do that all over again. It's like so frustrating. That's a lot of work, man. And And then TikTok's the same way. Yeah, I don't even have a Facebook anymore because it got to the point where I'm like, all of these people are from points in my life and we just don't talk anymore. So there's really no point like, yeah, okay. it's also kind of like, um, I don't want you to see how I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, there's no reason for you to see how I'm doing. And then, you know, we had a certain couple of four years of political upheaval that, uh, yeah. you know, I just didn't, I, I kind of got over that on the Facebook sphere, especially, so. Yeah, I actually saw a post today uh, from someone that I went to high school with, and, uh, yeah, I wasn't, I'm like, wow, this is why I uh, deleted it. He said, um, he said, uh, 62 million babies have been murdered since Roe versus Wade. And I'm like, wow. Not how that works, but okay. Yeah, I'm like, this is uh, very interesting. I think I want to delete you as a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just got to ignore facebook entirely like let's just ignore the glaring issue which is that a male is what's posting this but uh i don't think that you're entitled to that opinion Uh, but okay bro everyone has i'm not a huge fan of the show friends like it's an okay show but i don't love it but as rachel once wisely said no uterus no opinion yeah yeah yeah, 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 true. Anyway, like, just like a, just one on one. Yeah, but um, yeah. So this month's book was Bridget Jones's Diary by by Helen, Helen Fielding. Fielding, what'd you think? So, the back of the book, you know, as a quick summary for those of you who don't know, which it's a very popular movie too. 
So if you hadn't read the books, I'm pretty sure most of you have seen the movie. Well, I have multiple times. It is a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah, wasn't it? When was it filmed? I think it was filmed in 2001, right? I have literally no clue. I think I looked it up, but the book was published in 1998. Can you believe that? That explains a lot. We'll get into that, but there are quite a few dated ideas and references, and I thought that was hilarious. So. Meet Bridget Jones, a 30-something singleton who is certain she would have all the answers if she could lose seven pounds, stop smoking, and develop inner poise. Bridget Jones's diary is the devastatingly self-aware, laugh-out-loud daily chronicle of Bridget's permanent doomed quest for self-improvement, a year in which she resolves to reduce the circumference of each thigh, visit the gym three times a week, not just to buy a sandwich, form a functional relationship with a responsible adult and learn to program the VCR. Adorable. (laughs) Adorable. First of all, VCR. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know how to play a movie and rewind it. I don't know how to program it. I don't know how to set the time. I was like, what, like five or six. I knew how to rewind it because we had to, when we would blockbuster rent a VHS. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 And you know, if we got the Cinderella movie for some odd reason, we would watch it frontwards and then would have just as much fun watching it backwards. You remember yeah, the, one was... with, the one with Brandy? Yeah. Oh God. Yes. Love that movie. I have it on DVD. It was fun backwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we thought it would be a little bit fun and a little bit different if we didn't just talk about the book, but we also compared it to the movie since yeah. it was such a big blockbuster and when a lot of people hear Bridget Jones's diary, they think of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting too? I think this is a perfect January book. You know what I mean? Because it starts in January and it ends pretty much that time too. So it's like, yeah, let's see what this crazy chick is up to. Very New Year's resolutions that don't get met. Feel oh, too. yeah, no. <laughs> Reading this, I was like, oh yeah. Like every woman around the world is a complete psycho like got it yeah no it definitely first impressions first impressions it definitely gave me very strong angus thongs and perfect yeah totally 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 yeah no i got it well especially the whole thing with her her mom and like when uh georgia thought that that her mom was cheating too it Right. right reminded me of that that plot point another guilty pleasure book turned movie yeah. Because I love the movie too. <laughs> yeah. Also the director of that movie directed Benelik Beckham, which means that I'm obligated to love it. And also the woman who played the main character ended up marrying and having Rupert, Rupert Grant's child. I know. So freaking so, cool. I don't know. It's a full circle between Harry Potter and Bridget Jones somehow. Oh, oh, side note. And like a weird off topic because we talked about Rupert Grant. Apparently there might be talkity talks about there being a live action Harry Potter show on HBO and it's so crazy because I was just talking to Jay about it I'm like maybe I would be into it because then like they could get into the nitty-gritty of things but it is a very dangerous venture you know because like the fandom is beloved yeah nervous we all know how Game of Thrones ended and uh if we're being completely honest you know Fantastic Beast, the second one, did not live up to my standards. I didn't like The Cursed Child. So recently, I have not been impressed. So Yeah, but I, 
Yeah. Aside from that, um, anyway, Bridget, Bridget Jones's diary was back fantastic. to Bridget Jones, the <laughs> book we're talking about yeah. compared to the movie. So did so, you, did you enjoy the movie more or the book more? I enjoyed the book more. Actually, I feel like it wasn't as overly dramatic, like the ending, like the movie was, I was expecting that and it didn't happen. And I kind of like that. So here is my controversial take, oh, but God. I liked the movie a lot more. You know what though? If you've seen it like dozens of times, I can understand times. that that's the thing that you hold true as what Bridget Jones's diary is. But I can also like, I will go through and explain to you mm-hmm. why okay. I, I liked the movie as we, as we get through the book and the story and the general tone of everything, how I kind of lean more towards the movie than towards the book. Yeah, for me, um, I don't, I think I've probably seen Bridget Jones' Diary like maybe three times, which is like a shame, but yeah, I don't know if my mom wasn't like a fan or something. I don't know. My mom, I don't think my mom's seen it or if she has, I know it's not a movie she really enjoys. I don't know why I got attached to the movie so much. It was just like my go-to rainy day, kind of feeling like a powwow with myself type of film. I think it's just nice to watch someone just fuck up their life at every corner, but it's like, but it, it like ends nicely. In the book, I feel like she didn't make an ass of herself as much as she did in the movie. I think it's because you're reading it from a diary perspective. So she's explaining it in her mind and it's more in depth instead of watching Renee Zellweger like roll up to a party with insane blush on her face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, painful. Yeah. (laughs) So basically the story takes place from the viewpoint of a woman, Bridget Jones, and it's written in diary format. So each day she starts off by recounting how much she weighs, how many calories she's eaten, how many liters of alcohol she's drinking. How many cigarettes she smoked. <laughs> Let me tell you, when I was like- lottery, like lottery Yeah, like when she uh, was talking about like her caloric intake, it like varies from like 7,000 to like 95. It's insane. Right. Insane. Like, girl, no wonder you can't wait your metabolism is screwed yeah your metabolism is absolutely fucked I think this is the one of the things that I didn't quite like but I do understand also a big part of that is when this book was released in the late 90s we didn't really have as good of a grasp on caloric intake and what that really meant to the body like it doesn't equal out that if you eat 7,000 calories on Friday but then you don't eat all weekend it doesn't balance. Oh, yeah, she was talking about how like, oh, I don't know how I lost three pounds at night. You know, I wonder if it just oozed out. And I'm like, I can Google things today to figure out why, you know, she's like speculating insane things. And I'm like, wow, this is definitely 1998. But there was also that part of my brain that was like, these are the thoughts I had when I was 21. Totally. This whole book, I'm like, this could have been an excerpt from a diary of mine honestly just like psycho babbling about things like totally going into a single situation and dissecting the shit out of it and then it turns out it absolutely means nothing but then I so I think that's why I didn't like it so much is that 
even though she's my age in the book, you know, she's 29 when the book starts. So then she turns 30 as the book goes on. Mm-hmm. She's thinking almost like a 19 to 25 year old. She's not thinking like a 30 year old or is how like I see myself as thinking. Yeah. Like, I am, I don't know. I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm too old to be worrying about my step-by-step caloric intake every minute of the day. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'm pretty sure there's still women at our age who do that, but yeah, for me, I just, I can't relate to that anymore because yeah. I'm like, I'm not that super insecure 21 year old anymore. Also like when we were young and we were able to actually do shit, like you can't tell me that you're going to go out for a weekend and you're going to stick to your caloric macros or whatever you know what I mean like you're just destined for failure by the time fucking Friday comes around because then you're just gonna ruin all the shit that you did that week my favorite thing is that like even on one of her binge days or her binge weekends she's still counting calories and I'm like two glasses of wine in and I'm not thinking about calories yeah seriously (laughs) I'm amazed at that I don't have that kind of dedication but um yeah so it starts off and it's in a diary format so it's not written you know necessarily in a straightforward story it kind of jumps around a little bit and but you get the you get the first image of like you know she has a crush on her boss she's very much in love with him because he's hot it doesn't really give him any other great defining characters besides he's hot to be honest she didn't mention a single other dude that worked in that office and it just might be that's he was just the only dude on a deserted island with women you know what i mean well remember she mentioned i think it was daniel's boss okay oh okay like laughed at her because her and daniel were making out in the elevator and he was like oh "Oh, yeah you look like you got caught in the wind oh speaking of a lot of uh jokes and and like terms i'm just like I'm not British. I don't, I don't know what this means. I don't get like, this one. <laughs> she would like refer to like an actor or a famous person. And I'm like, I don't know what they're known for. So I don't understand. I mean, it was still good, but I'm like, wow, I probably enjoy this more if I was, if I was British. And so we meet, we meet the first love interest, Daniel. And this is when the difference for me really stood out between the book and the movie is that in the movie, it's very much framed as like a love triangle. You know, it's Daniel versus Mark Darcy mm-hmm. and her. Whereas in the book, Mark is kind of mentioned a little bit in the beginning at the Christmas party. And she is not pressed about him at all for a majority of the book. And I'm like, okay, so I know how this ends. When the fuck is this dude going to show up? Because uh, Daniel, he, like, fucking, yeah, Daniel sucks ass in this book, actually. He is he so, is much, so worse. much worse. <laughs> yeah, so so much. much worse. He is such an asshole. <laughs> Though I will say in the book, she definitely stands her ground a little bit better than she does in the movie. You know what though? I was very surprised about that. Because, okay, so her and her boss strike up this flirtation. So in the movie, it happens very quickly where he's kind of like sexually harassing her, but she kind of likes it. Mm -hmm. And they have this ongoing joke that she's wearing like a mini skirt to work. So he's like, you're not wearing a skirt. It must be off sick. And so they go back and forth with this joke that lasts way too long, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm like, okay, um, are you going to get my number or what? Like, what are we doing here? So finally, he asks her on a date and she says yes. And they go out, then they get back to his place and he's trying to undress her and stuff. And then he's like, um, 
just so you know, though, this is just like a casual thing. And she stands up right away and she's like, nope, none of that. You know, what, you know what, though? If that, that reaction was because of her like whole girls night thing that she had with her friends with Jude right. and Sharon and Tom. And they were like, you know what? Dudes suck. They do not want to commit. They're just trying to find another chick to fuck. And if you give them that that in, that's all they're going to ever see you for. And so powered with that, like, yeah, fuck you, man. I want a relationship. Even in her drunk stupor, she was like, you know what? I'm tired of this shit. No, like, fuck you. And she leaves, which is kind of like, I was surprised, actually. Because uh, what does her friend call it? Fuck winage. Yes, I loved that. <laughs> loved it. Yeah. But so she realizes that if she plays kind of cold and distant in the office, then suddenly he's like falling over himself to be with her. And she's like, what? You know what's insane too? As much as she was like playing games and trying to be the ice queen, he was doing the same thing and mm-hmm. he's her boss. I'm like, y'all are just like not suited for each other at all. You guys just don't need to be together. So while this is, you know, kind of going on, we do get our first glimpse of Mark Darcy, who ends up being the winner of this whole story. They end up getting together, spoiler alert. But I do like, so one of the things that always struck me in the movie is that it follows like a very loose, basic plot of Pride and Prejudice. Sure. And, you know, his name is Darcy. Mm -hmm. Also, they talked about it in the book. They Thank talked you. about Colin That's Firth. what I, I did. I did appreciate that. that and then they like, also mentioned Hugh Grant too and his whole cheating scandal, which I thought was hilarious. I'm like, how, what are the odds that you choose the two guys that you mentioned in this book? Well, I love, cause at first when she first sees Darcy, she mentions that, you know, it's ironic that his name is Darcy. And when she first sees him, he is brooding against a bookshelf and she's totally. like, could you be any more of an actual Mr. Darcy? But totally. then later in the book, she's watching Pride and Prejudice, the BBC version, which if you don't know, Mr. Darcy is played by Colin Firth. A uh, Mr. Colin Firth, yeah. Mark Darcy. Yeah. Is. It's like just so freaking meta, I can't even. So I did appreciate that we get a mention of both the actors who would go on to play the love interests in the movie. Yeah, I feel so bad for Bridget. Like, starting off the year, she's, like, drunk from, like, New Year's Eve, whatever. Her mom harasses her to come to this stupid fucking party with her parents' friends. And her then, mom like, is a lot in this yeah, book. Yeah, she, she, like, her and her friend are trying to, like, push Bridget on Mark. And Mark is kind of like, okay. I'm not like, vibing with this. Yeah, why are you doing this? It was so fucking awkward. It was uncomfortable but definitely and then there's the other differing whereas in the movie she was actually like a little bit more into him at first Mm -hmm. until he like insulted her but in the book he doesn't really insult her yeah he's just not he's like what what are you doing I'm going home I'm done with it I think what it is is the fact that like she's like well I don't I know I don't want you because you're a fucking nerd you're wearing an argyle sweater with fucking bumblebees on your socks and you're gonna deny me so I think I would be like well fuck you too man yeah so then from that point on like when she first meets Mark it kind of just focuses on Daniel and her going back and forth with her friends 
with like, how should I approach him? How should I talk to him? And it's a lot of that. It, it takes up a good portion of like the first section of the book. Like the I first will, half of the book is- I will say Tong was the only one that was like, do not call him. Do not yeah. engage. Don't like do anything to get his attention. Don't try to go out with him. Don't meet him anywhere. Like fucking chill. Everyone and, else was just like, oh yeah, play it cool. Oh yeah, do this, call him, la la la. And there was a lot of, um, so in the movie, there's a lot of like little friend parties that she goes to. Like she goes to a party with all her married friends. Oh and God. in the movie, Mark is there, <clears throat> but in the book, he's not. Mm-hmm. He's not part of her friend group at all. He only shows up if the parents are involved. So in the movie, I definitely think they tried to tie him more into her social circle. But in the book, he's not part of her social circle. Because he's like a rich lawyer. (laughs) Yeah, he's like busy doing like lawyer shit. I think that's more believable than him just popping up fucking everywhere. Because like everybody knows everyone, apparently. Yeah, and so... She goes to, you know, her single party and she's kind of doing this on and off thing with Daniel and all her married friends are kind of like, oh, still not married, Bridget, still don't have a man. I'm like, I'm going to take a shot for every time one of her married friends in the book said TikTok, Bridget, TikTok. No, 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 no. no. Every time Una said TikTok. Una. This fucking bitch always said that. And do you know how stressed I would be? Everywhere I go, every gathering, someone's going to ask me if I have a boyfriend. Why am I not married yet? Why don't I have kids? Do I plan on having kids? Why are you a career girl? Anyway, so her and Daniel eventually kind of find themselves together. And he kind of like accepts it. He's like, oh, yeah, we will be in a relationship. And they hook up. And then he immediately just like stops talking to her again. Okay, first of all. After that whole thing, when um, I think she like denies him and he's like, oh my God, I want to get your attention. Didn't he call her like a frigid cow or a frigid bitch? Yeah. And I'm just like, this isn't a fucking joke, bro. Who the fuck do you think you are? And she's like, I got his attention. And it's, yeah, she, I, I think it's weird how they do that. And that is one of those things I'm like wondering if it's a, cultural difference but I don't know I mean like I guess here we call each other bitches and it's just like a term of endearment so okay. it's like mm. I don't know mm. I'm, I'm not saying I know I'm just saying her and Daniel keep having this tryst and then the subplot of the book is that her mother ends up leaving her father this was so different from the movie I was so different. Yeah, no, I actually, this was, this was, I liked it. it. I felt so fucking awful for her dad. Okay, so at first I was kind of on the mom's side. Because sure. mom is like, you know, he doesn't compliment me. He never thought I worked as hard as he did, even though I raised you by myself. I took care of the house by myself. I did all the cooking, all the cleaning. I don't have a job. I don't have anything that's my own. Yeah, like, I, I never- I never got time for me. I never got to discover what I wanted to do. But then she goes from like zero to 60. Sure. And by the end of the book, you are not on the mom's side anymore. Yeah, no. In my mind, because I had watched the movie, I was just like, okay, like she's laying it on kind of thick now. But then at the end of the book, I'm like, oh, she was fucking this dude. (laughs) I didn't know that. So she ends up um, in the movie 
she ends up as like this TV. What are those channels where they show like a QVC kind of presenter person? In the book, she goes on TV, but she doesn't do it through the man. Mm Because in the movie, she meets a man and he kind of brings her on to be his co host. Mm -hmm. Where in the book, it's two separate things. Yeah. But also, she in in the movie, she was like actually like selling stuff. In the book, she was like doing like a segment called Suddenly Single. Where I'm like, these guests lose your husband to like death or divorce. Yeah. Yeah, she's like interviewing people like, oh, so you're suddenly single. Do you want to talk about that? Are you going to cry? Do you have suicidal thoughts? Like, that yeah. was always her go-to question. Yeah. Like, you have suicidal thoughts? Like, if I do, I would just not tell you and probably kill myself later. Thanks. And so this is the turning point of her not being as sympathetic point where she tries to rope Bridget into pretending she's suddenly single mm-hmm. and the producers don't realize that Bridget is her daughter mm-hmm. and Daniel ruins it because he was like chilling in the bedroom when this freaking tv crew shows up at Bridget's house yeah destroyed her shit <laughs> like shattered a cabinet trying to Bridget's film some mom, shit like sits down with her and she's like so it's so tragic that you lost your husband and Bridget's like, eh? Yeah, like <laughs> you never told me that you were going to bring up some stupid shit like this. And Daniel comes out and he's like, oh, it's nice to meet you, Mrs. Jones. Why don't you ever wear makeup like your mom, Bridget? <laughs> Did we say how much Daniel sucks in the book? Like in the movie, he kind of sucks, but he has a certain amount of charm to him. Also, it's Hugh Grant. You know what I mean? He has that like punchable face, but like you love it because he's just like, he acts like a dick and he knows he's a dick, but he's kind of ashamed of it, but he's kind of not. But in the book, he's just a fucking jackass. I'm like, he's so mean. You're just a person that works here. It's not like you're a millionaire. Why the fuck are you acting like this? Like, so, ugh, I just, I don't know why she wanted him. I don't get it. I'm like, he must have been the only person in the office that had a penis. I don't know. And so, Bridget's mom then kind of continues this like flirtation with this man from Portugal. That's the big thing. He's Portuguese. Yeah, he is, his name is Julio. Yeah, which in the movie, it's Julian. Yeah, they mentioned Julian earlier in the book and then she called her, called him Julio and Bridget's like, oh, now he's fucking Julio, okay. And then she also kind of is dating this tax man who helped her figure out her taxes and she's just like sowing her wild oats at this point and the thing is like I feel like mentally you might have come to terms with what you would like out of your life I don't think she gave her husband a chance to try to hop on the bandwagon she's just like yeah you had your chance I didn't give you the cheat codes sorry bye I'm gonna fucking ditch you but then at the same time it's mentioned in the book that she still wants everyone to know that that's her husband. Yeah, yeah, she's still, still like, you know, is like, oh, hey, you know, hey, daddy, can you go do this? It's like, bitch, you fucking left me. We all have mutual friends and they feel sorry for me. I don't want to go places because You're they sleeping know- with two other men. We're not married. Yeah, I feel bad for Bridget, especially how kind of like psycho her life is it's like well now she has to fucking deal with this too like her dad calling her all the time crying jeez yeah so then eventually her and daniel actually become an item like he kind of is like 
resigned to the fact that she wants a relationship and he's not going to get it on the reg if he doesn't like commit to her well they never had a conversation it was just that they're like regularly seeing each other and so in her mind she's like he's my boyfriend and he never said like nah i'm not and so her biggest sign of his commitment is that they're going to go on mini holiday together she was just a weekend trip fantasizing with the mini holiday for weeks she's like you know, it's hot and like, all I want to do is go on a mini holiday and all he wants to do is watch football with the, with the, sh- the curtains closed. And I'm like, he's at your house, curtains closed, hogging your fucking TV and you can't even go on a vacation with your supposed boyfriend, girl, I. And my thing, we are in England, okay? It is cold all the time. If you have a weekend that actually has the sun out, why are we not taking advantage of this? Why are the curtains closed? I'm not sitting in here watching TV with you. Also, this is what I'm like, Bridget, you are 30 years old. Get a backbone. Tell yeah. this man you're at least going to the park. Or like, I might be willing to do crazier sex shit in a different environment, okay? Bring me to an island. I could fucking blow your mind even more, I bet, because I'd be happy to do that. And he's just like sitting there fondling her. And she that's when she's finally like, I want to go on a legitimate vacation. And finally he's like, yeah, do it. Just plan it out. I'll pay for it. And then loses all interest. Yeah, like doesn't bring it up again. She's like, I planned this whole weekend. And he's like, okay, I don't care. Just tell me when we get there. And it's so sad. They end up finally going on this like mini break. And it's freezing cold. Mm -hmm. She brought all these like sundresses. You know what, though? If it was 2021, she could have definitely weather.com that shit and would have known how cold it would have been. I know. She's like, I thought it was going to be hot. I brought bathing suits and bikinis. So eventually they end up in the hotel room with the curtains drawn watching sports. Yeah. Shoot me. Yeah. That is my worst nightmare. I hate watching sports. I hate it. I felt her pain. I'm like, I couldn't even pretend that long. I think you're like, I am bored. We only hang out on the weekends, which red flag, right? You have five other days of the fucking week. Okay. Like learn how to work together, program your VCR, record some fucking games and devote 48 hours to me, please. Okay. You You can watch fucking football. Like Bridget would settle for 24 hours of attention. Yeah. I also, the, the, the stress of like waiting for a phone call. Can you imagine like you get your phone number to some someone and like you don't know when they're gonna call you that sucks and that's a huge part of the book it makes you so sad is that like on the weekends where daniel doesn't contact her she just sits around her house waiting until her friends call her to go to the bar and then she gets super drunk and ends up hungover on sunday wishing he would call but he doesn't yeah what is it there happens a lot in the book yeah a lot there was one part in the book it was like five something on her work day and she gets up at six and Sharon's like, Hey, we're all going to meet like at six, this place. And she's like, mm, I don't know. And Sharon's like, Oh, has he asked you out? If he hasn't, we'll be there at six. <laughs> and then Bridget shows her ass at the bar at six because Daniel didn't fucking ask her out. Well, no, he sent her a message and he was like, have hey, a good weekend. Have a good weekend. Yeah. Fuck you. And she was like, so she like called her friend back and she's like, I'll see you at six. Yeah. You know what I love though? I love how her friends all have like books that are supposed to like help them get their poise and feng shui and fucking like emotionally like armor themselves so that they don't have men fuck with them. Like poor Jude and her fucking vile Jeremy. 
that vile Richard vile Richard I'm like man mm -mm. I I don't know if I could handle going out every single time to hear this bitch talk about this guy that's a piece of shit so Jude is one of her main friends and her big thing in the book is that she's dating a man named Richard but they call him vile Richard because he's a commitment phobe so anytime it looks like it's getting too serious he dumps her because and then says that he wants to stay friends but then he goes back to his ex mm -hmm. and she sticks around for this and she's trying to convince him to get couples counseling like sweetie you're not a couple yeah what yeah. are you gonna do with couples counseling yeah he's but, not your boyfriend yeah you need to fix you honey please Girl. yeah and then sharon love her she's just basically like tell it how it is i'm gonna be devil's advocate all the way just like passionate other side of the script that would be me i'm the sharon and then what, what was her guy friend's name tom Joe? tom tom Why i love tom i don't know funny. tom was fantastic yeah, because his is Jerome. Yeah, 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 Jerome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So his on and off again love interest is Jerome. So that's kind of the thing is that all her friends are 30 years old. They can't find a partner because supposedly all the men in the world are commitment phobic. Yeah, but also it's like it's the the feeling of like, okay, men our age don't want women our age they're going for women that are younger because they had they had all gone out and they saw a mutual friend with a younger chick and then they were all like see this is what the fuck i'm talking about like they don't even want us they want like some 22 year old bitch and even that guy was like oh no she thinks we're dating but you know i'm just using her for a few weeks and they're like we're gonna tell her and he's like i'm gonna go now yeah but like you're a piece of trash no, but seriously find that girl and tell her <laughs> i know please i'm embarrassed for you honey and so a big thing that Daniel does in the book is that whenever he's around her friends or around her family, suddenly he's super charming. He's super sweet. He brings chocolate for everyone. You know what but though? The second they're alone. He's a piece of shit. Girl. Yeah. That whole yeah. chocolate part though. I was like, this guy is a fucking psychopath. Okay. You roll up to my house unannounced. You brought chocolate for me and my friends. You drive my friends home because they're drunk. And then you come to me and you're like, oh, you know, I still like you even though you're all squadgy. Is that what he called her? Something like that. And she was like, oh my well, God. Well, then he, was... he tells her that um, the best diet for her is <sighs> to do the boyfriend diet. So basically his, okay. So throughout the book, she's trying to lose weight. She fluctuates between 130 to, I think her lowest gets to 119. No, but, it was um, 122, I think. Was it? Well, 119 was when she got sickly skinny. Yeah. And all her friends were like, you're boring and skinny now. Yeah, Tom was like, honey, you look better before. <laughs> but so Dan tells her, he's like, you need to basically starve yourself, get super skinny, and then you can get yourself a boyfriend. And then he's going to want to feed you to fatten you up, but then he's going to lose attraction to you because you get too fat. So you dump him and then you get skinny again to get another guy. And that's how you can maintain your weight. What? Yeah. And she was like, that's fucking rude. And I think she that like, is the most sexist crying. bullshit I've ever heard. Yeah. And he's like, oh, come on, babe. And of course, she still probably fucks him. And so, yes. 
they keep dating and it's very frustrating because it's this back and forth of will he call me won't he call me talking to my friends trying to oh i can't hear you i can't hear you can you hear me yeah i can hear you so in the movie their relationship was definitely much more succinct Mm -hmm. like it kind of went from a party sleeping together a mini holiday dating she catches him cheating in the book this takes a lot longer for her to figure out her i was actually really surprised at how prolonged it was i'm like damn when is she gonna figure out that he's a piece of trash because he keeps showing up and she keeps being like okay i gotta stay available in case he calls you know what i mean so the turning point for their relationship as it is in the movie and in the book is the tarts and vicar party which poor 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 bridget very legally blonde-esque so her aunt una decides to throw a tarts and vicar party where all the women dress up like tarts aka whores and prostitutes and the men all show up as clergy people men from the church which i'm sorry even like that's in such a bad taste i can't even i think that was the point but so so for old people to be doing that that's gross daniel helps her pick out a costume and you know of course he's all turned on because she's dressed like a slutty maid and he's like, yeah. And he's like, of course I'll go to this party with you because I'm such a good boyfriend. Yeah, I told your mom that I was going to go. We agreed. Meow, meow, meow. Day of the party. Guess what's happened? I have work to do. Oh, I forgot. On a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck you, bro. You message me all the time during, during work and now you got to fucking work on Saturday? Okay. Doubt. So she has to go to the Tarts and Vicar party by herself. She shows up. It turns out they canceled Tarts and Vicar because it was tasteless yeah and also mark is there with some fucking bitch named natasha who's an asshole don't like, like her in the movie or the book yeah she looks bridget up and down and is like oh i guess uh you didn't get the memo like clearly bitch i didn't so she has to borrow someone's bridesmaid dress that they had handy why do you just have a random bridesmaid's dress hanging yeah, around like, did someone die in it weirdo But then Mark actually kind of has a conversation with her. And this is where we get the first sprinkling that he actually likes her and enjoys her conversation. Yeah, he kind of like actually defends her. Yeah. And there's a few more parts in the book where he kind of is sprinkled in. But again, he's not too present when she's with Daniel. Like he doesn't really show up too much. But this is the turning point. So she has a horrible time at this Tartan Vicar party. So she's like, I need my boyfriend. So she goes to Daniel's house. And she rings his doorbell. In the movie, she actually comes up and, you know, has her little suspicion and then leaves, but then catches him. But in Mm -hmm. the book, she shows up. He doesn't even buzz her in. He's like, go to a bar and wait for me. No, but like, he's like, sees her through a window. It's so weird. Like, oh oh my God, is she here? And she like, what's it say in the book she waves enthusiastically at yeah, like hey. hey it's me bro the woman that you've Your been girlfriend? having sex with so what's up and so she starts walking away but she's like you know what i'm getting a woman's intuition that he has a woman in there mm-hmm. so she's like oh wait the bar's not even open yet so she turns around buzzes and she's like bar's not open yet let me in yeah like i want some tea bitch <laughs> so she comes up and she's kind of like trying to burst into all the rooms and she can't find her, so she's like, oh my gosh, she's probably on the roof. You know what's so crazy, though? They're, Make like, sitting, the yeah, they're sitting down, and she's, like, spazzing, like, trying to, like, look behind the couch and stuff, and he's, like, 
Bridget, why won't you just sit still? I'm like, that is something a fucking cheater would say, bro. And then she darts upstairs, finds this American bitch named Suki, sunbathing naked on the roof, looks at Daniel and was like, oh, I thought you said she was thin. Okay, okay. Can we pause right here? I would. I want to talk about this line. Mm-hmm. Because I do not understand this line in the movie because she says the same thing in the movie. Mm-hmm. I do not understand the line in the book. In context, it doesn't make sense to me. So you're telling me Daniel is sleeping with this American woman mm-hmm. talking about Bridget mm-hmm. and for some reason says she's skinny like how does that naturally come up in conversation for this woman to throw it back into Bridget's face like I don't understand the only thing I can assume because she's American I would think that they probably have some sort of open relationship since they're not together all the time and Mm -hmm. so maybe they're open about talking about these relationships and so maybe she was just like okay I know how I look this is the kind of bitch you've been fucking over here like what like just amused like okay that's weird yeah I don't know just in the movie and the book it just comes across as really random to me like I feel like there could have been a better insult sure like I don't know it was just written weird to me I didn't understand that like yeah who's sleeping with a guy and is like oh please describe in detail about the other woman you're sleeping with yeah even if you're in an open relationship I don't know want to know yeah you got really quiet just now Oh, did I? Okay, yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah, no, I think you had the mic afar from your face. Okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was like, I wonder if the author was like, okay, so we need her to be like super petty so we can hate her. So this is what she's going to say, even though it makes no sense at all. Like, I, I would have liked it better if she had said something like, oh, I pictured her thinner. Mm, yeah. Because yeah. it's kind of like, oh, really? Like, this is what else yeah you know like it would have been more insulting other than like he for some reason lied like yeah like the super skinny woman here yeah like they both take surveys and talk about who they slept with and he checked thin instead of like normal sized or something it's weird that you're talking about the size of who you're having sex with like that's not the issue you're having sex with someone else doesn't seem like i don't know like it doesn't seem like something to me a guy would mention yeah, no, he's just trying to smash. He's not talking about her fucking body. Like, I know women can be more descriptive in that way. Like, I sure. think that's a very womanly way to talk. So I just, I don't think that was a very man point of view comment. You know what, though? I would say maybe if he, like, had a girl best friend that was friends with the Suki chick and the Suki chick was like, oh, or the friend was like, oh, she's thin. And then, then Suki's like, I thought you said she was thin and she's not if it came from a girl i that would that's make sense I, that's yeah. what i'm saying like it it doesn't make sense in the context of who's having the conversation but yeah i just had to go off on that tangent because i've never liked that line in the movie and not even in the like oh what an insulting thing to say because that's the point she's supposed to be insulting but just that it doesn't feel natural to me so i've mm-hmm. never liked that in the movie and i was kind of sad that it was in the book too because i'm you like it what? doesn't make sense in my mind at all i would say maybe if like I was feeling super petty and maybe I didn't know that my significant other was cheating on me to like really like stab this girl in the back. I would say, oh, I thought you said she was thin, even though we Uh, never had that conversation. So maybe she was just just being a fucking bitch. 
that that would make more sense yeah yeah anyway so moving on from that point yeah, no i would have thrown myself off the top of that freaking building like not only did i look like i was in lingerie at this party where my parents were at you have some whole woman up on your roof who's skinnier than me and she's taller than me oh yeah and that was her big suspicion too confirmed is that before she discovers this other woman um daniel's kind of like kissing her and slightly unzipping her dress uh-huh. but then the kettle goes off and she's like the daniel i know would never leave for anything yeah. if he knew he was about to get some so yeah. something something is wrong yeah i'm like well that's weird yeah and so after that point she's just kind of like fuck daniel and then she decides to get a jump start on her career find somewhere else to work because obviously it's fucking awkward working with someone who was committed to you and then turns out you know he's seeing some other chick who turns out he's actually gonna get married to though in the movie that was like oh we're getting married and then obviously it doesn't work out Mm -hmm. but it's not as strongly stated in the book yeah it was weird it was like an afterthought and so anyway she decides she needs another job this was another part in the movie where they make it this big like big moment where she announces to the whole office she ends up getting this job in tv at kind of like this gossip tv show like gossip news Uh and so she makes this whole speech at work in the movie and she's like I would rather work for dirt or whatever. But in the book, she's just kind of like, here's my two weeks. And he's like, I need you. And then Perpetua, her coworker storms in and is like, don't quit or quit. I love that whole speech. She's like, she can't work here. You fucking manipulated the shit out of her and you expect her to still stay here. And she looks at Bridget and she's like, you need to get the fuck out. You need to go, get out. Yeah, so in the book, it's just between her, Daniel, and Perpetua, but in the movie, it's in front of the whole office. Yeah, yeah. So that was definitely different. You know what, though? It almost should have been, because even after all of that, it seemed like everybody assumed that they were together anyway, because when Daniel announces his engagement, everyone's calling her and is like, oh, congratulations. And she's like, it's not me. Some other random woman, but thank you. Thank you so much. It's not me. So she gets his other job. And at first, this is another kind of deviation where in the book, she actually seems to be doing okay at the job because Mm -hmm. she's kind of constantly surrounded herself with pop culture. Sure. And so she already knows stuff and she's kind of like, oh yeah, we can definitely gossip about this or this or this. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the the fateful fireman's oh, entrance. God, yeah, <laughs> it was funnier. It was funnier in the in the movie, of course. It was funny no matter what. I laughed really hard. Yeah, I laughed. Back to studio. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. You know what's so crazy though? Because I remember this whole section of the movie where she's working at this job. I was like, okay, so this is going to be not as cringeworthy. But not only is she dealing with stuff that she's not used to, she's never worked in media or anything before. She's like, her boss kind of sucks. She's working with young people that have like shitty attitudes. And she's like going every day wondering if like she's going to lose her job because she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. And so he finally, her boss finally decides that she's given enough good ideas, at least that he wants to put her on air and she has to interview a fire captain 
and it's this whole mix up where she's not used to it. So she starts sliding down the pole when her boss screams in her ear, go, but he's talking to another news anchor. So then she tries to start climb up the pole, but then he cuts back to the video of her and he's like, what are you doing? Slide down, slide down. And he's like, we're out of time. Just slide down. So she slides down the pole. They're out of time. So she just like points to the camera and says back to the studio. Yeah. And then of course she gets back to the office. Yeah. Everyone's like, Oh, I don't know. Back to the studio. (laughs) I would be like, so much. Yeah. Like this sucks. I can't quit because I've not been here that long, but wow. It sucks here. But I enjoyed that the younger coworkers kind of had some sympathy for her after that. They were like, okay, you know, she's trying. It was hilarious. Totally. And then we get a little bit of more Mark sprinkled in now. He kind of pops up and... When does he pop up again after that? They're at the, um, his parents. Oh yeah, his, the Ruby. The Ruby. Ruby anniversary or whatever the fuck. And this is the mention she makes where she's like, even though mom and dad are separated, I know my mom is going to want to try to show it up. Even though she's separated from dad, she's going to want to celebrate their Ruby anniversary. This is like another thing where I'm like, you're a trash person. You have the nerve to be petty about something like this. You're going to be disrespectful about this celebration, knowing damn well that you want the same thing. But also you've shot yourself in the foot because now you got to start from scratch with someone else because you left your husband. So that was the big thing like suddenly it's kind of all about mark now mm-hmm. mark is rich mark mm. is hella dude rich. yeah she was describing the house and the decorations i'm like he did this for his parents <laughs> yeah he- but then of course bridget's mom and aunt so aunt una and her mom are both sitting there like this is too over the top this is so gaudy this is so tacky it's like mom can you be nice please please aunt una uh, can you yeah, calm like- down Everybody else was like, look at all this fucking food we can eat. This is the best ever. Even her dad is there and he's like, yes, feed me all these mushroom caps. Thank you. Yeah, I love canapes. Yeah. So this is another huge difference is that in the movie, this is where we find out that Mark Darcy is engaged to his lawyer partner. Mm-hmm. but that never happens in the book man i love to anyone else i love 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 when he like asks her out and he's she's bridget's like aren't you with someone he's like yeah not anymore it's like damn this bitch is still at the party and you haven't even dumped her yet and you're like asking me out but then like what is it natasha had walked down the stairs tripped on a candle got wax on her her dress and she was like such a fucking bitch about it she was like berating Mark for how many candles there were. Yeah, because he's like trying to set the fucking mood for his parents. Okay, like chill, bro. So Bridget finds herself on a terrace because she oh, needs a cigarette, and there's this like young young kid there, and he's like, his name is Simon. <laughs> he's like, can I dance with you? And she was like, oh, it's kind of flattering. It's kind of cute, but um, he's like, I've never danced with an older woman, please. And he has a boner. He gets a massive erection, which so I'm just like awkward in the book, dude. Mentally prepare yourself, bro. If you can't handle it, don't ask. From dancing, but so it's like this weirdly huge part in the book that she talks about it for a few sentences yeah. until Mark shows up and he's like, "Can I cut in?" And he's like, "Shouldn't you be in bed, small child? Go to yeah. bed." Yeah, yeah. Bridget's like. Why would you embarrass him like that? But it's kind of like, 
God. I mean, you experienced a very weird thing. I, he saved you. How would so you this get out of that? One of my least favorite things, but I feel like it gets a slight pass because it was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. It's the whole um, I like you because you're not like other girls trope. Oh, yeah. What is it? He described her as bizarre to bizarre. her mom and Una, which is kind of like, am I some exotic fucking species what the fuck does that mean but so he's talking to her and he's like i want to take you out to dinner because you're so different you're so you're not like makeup like other girls yeah you don't care about your appearance at all (laughs) (laughs) that's so hot yeah god rude anyway so she kind of agrees she's like "Mm, okay here's my number and then natasha is all like you're stepping into my territory. No, no, she's calling from like the next floor. She's like, Mark, 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 Mark. And he's like I, still I, asking her out. And she's like, well, what about Natasha? He's like, yeah, no, we're, we're not dating anymore. We're and doesn't bad. Natasha call him Marky? Yeah. She goes, Marky. Yeah, jump off the terrace, bro. It's just disgusting. So then Bridget leaves and she's kind of like, Ugh. and so they're supposed to have a date. But he never shows up. Mm-hmm. So she gets really upset. She's like, here it was. Thought I found this nice guy finally. And he stands me up. Yes. And back to work. This is another deviation where her boss is like, I want you to cover the trial of the century, which in the movie was like a human rights act- activist. Mm-hmm. Humans right activist Mm -hmm. i can say that sentence no problem good for you and it was a woman trying to keep her husband from being deported because if he got deported back to his home country he was going to be executed just such a great fulfilling like nice story right not so much in the book no in the book the trial is a nanny who killed her employer because he had been raping her multiple times to be honest though if The company was the same in both the book and the movie. It was a pop culture company, right? So it stands to reason that they would obviously cover that story. Why would you cover a story about like some humans rights shit? You know what I mean? I'm saying that it's not important, but this is someone who's like, you know- It's a gossip column. Going down a pole at a fire department. You know what I mean? You're not going to the court to get this story. So it definitely makes more sense in terms of that. But then we kind of go with the same plot where- Mm -hmm. She misses her chance to interview the woman, but then she runs into Mark and he's like, why the hell didn't you show up? And she's like, what? And it turns out that he showed up at her house on time, but she was blow drying her hair and she didn't hear the doorbell. Rang it 12 times. Well, how long are you blow dry? Okay, I don't blow dry my hair, so maybe I don't know. How long does it take to blow dry your hair? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't blow dry my hair either. It would dry it out, but like- how stupid is that? And then also you can't text to be like, I'm here. You know what? So he's just like, I look like an idiot. I'm knocking on your door. I showed up and like, you're not even like going to answer. This is where my anxiety kicks in in this book is that as all my friends and loved ones know in my life, oh, I yeah. cannot be late for anything. Yeah. I am 20 to 30 minutes early. Absolutely. Always. Yeah, that's the that's shirt. So the fact that her date is at eight o'clock and at eight o six, she's still getting ready. 
my anxiety was through the roof. I didn't like that. I was like, let me tell you, what the hell are you doing? I could not have been an adult in the nineties. Okay. With so much like, like, like not knowing what's happening, waiting for phone calls. I'm on medication now and I have access to communication at my fingertips from every corner. Okay. And I'm still anxious and depressed. Okay. I would have been like, my God, just a freaking destroyed person if I was an adult in the nineties. I already have, I mean, maybe we can blame technology or maybe we can just blame the fact that I'm slightly neurotic, but I hate ringing people's doorbells and knocking on their door because I'm always afraid that one, it's not going to be the person I was expecting and I'm at mm-hmm. the wrong house. Oh God, yeah. Or two, they're just not going to answer. Why do you think there. everybody texts, I'm here, okay? I'm here. I need to make sure that here. you're going to answer the door because what if it's someone's parents and then you got to explain, hey, I'm just here to smash. I love your house. Thanks. Do you want a tangent? I'm going to go on a tangent real quick. Sure. Yes. Love it. So my fear of this actually, I know the root of this fear for myself. Jeez. So when I was a child, we went to go visit one of my aunts Mm -hmm. and she lived in an apartment complex. Oh God. Oh, I think you told me this story. (laughs) You went into the wrong house. Hang on. Let me tell it. So I had to run to the car for something. I'm little. I can't be any more than nine years old. I think I'm younger. I'm like between seven and nine. I have to run to our car real quick and I come back and then suddenly I'm faced with the fact that I'm staring at identical apartments. No idea which one is hers. Like I have a guess. And so I'm like, oh, this is obviously it. So I open the door to an apartment and I am greeted by the sight of a grown man in his boxers and a wife beater dancing around the music and just the look on his face when this seven-year-old girl just opens his door terrified dude terrified i immediately shut the door turned bright red found my aunt's house walked into that door and never spoke of it to anybody oh yeah no i would be pretty scarred from that yeah it was so embarrassing yeah yeah no now now i'm terrified of doors yeah no i i get it well that's even like people who've walked it to the wrong car like when i used to drive for uber random people used to get into my car all the time and i'm like um honey this is a red Volkswagen Golf. Okay. It's pretty distinct. I'm sure your silver fucking Prius is down the goddamn street. So could you not? Could you get out of my car, please? Thank you. Thank you. So the idea of knocking on a door or going to a door and not being the person anyway, this part in the book gave me a lot of anxiety. I'm not a person to put myself out there. I think the Lord above that I was not born a man because I'm not about making the first move, man. If mm-hmm. I come to some chick's house and ring her door and she's not answering, she's dead to me, okay? <laughs> I will never fucking think of you again. And so anyway, they explain the mishap and you know, they kind of have a good chuckle. And he's like, I told my client, cause he's the lawyer for the nanny. He's like, I told her not to give any interviews but I'll give you one. Yeah, so-, so- she kind of becomes like an overnight celebrity because she gets to make this interview. Yeah, it's like exclusive. This is the only company that got this interview. And so her work now is like, oh, yay, praise for Bridget. She did it. Yay. And then she has a little dinner party and she's like, I'm going to invite Mark. And she's trying to play it off like, I don't really care. But she's feeling him. She doesn't want to admit it, but she's feeling him. Hey, let me tell you this. 
she tries to do a dinner party before for her birthday, which first of all, why are you going to fucking do all this work? I'm Second not going to call birthday. It's just such a fucking shit show because she puts everything off to the last minute. She doesn't know how to cook. It's like, are you really going to try this again with someone you were actually interested in? Honey, cater, please. So like in the movie, all the food goes wrong. She ends up making like blue soup. Can't cook any of this broth right. Like it just goes horribly. But, you know, Mark Darcy and her friends end up kind of joking around with her and they have a good night. And it's all fine and peachy. And her and Mark are kind of like feeling each other. And then this is where we deviate hugely from the movie. I was totally not expecting that at all. just happened? Okay. So then she gets a phone call from her dad. Her dad is crying. At first I was like, oh, this is the part, you know, he doesn't think mom's coming back, but mom's coming back. No, mom fled to freaking Portugal. Okay, so a precursor to that, earlier that day, her mom had called and was like, hey, I'm leaving to Portugal. Of course I told you, don't act like I didn't tell you, blah, 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 I need 200 quid. And so Bridget gives her mom 200 quid and she's kind of like, okay, that's fucking weird. And so fast forward to this phone call, her mom is in Portugal, fled with the fucking Julio guy. Julio, turns out, was defrauding all of their friends and family for thousands of dollars selling fake timeshares. And so now they have an open warrant. Now Julio and her mom are fugitives. Fugitives. This does not happen in the movie at all yeah, I've this never was... seen the sequels. i don't know if something like this happens in the sequels yeah but... no, this was so dramatic i was like what was, how this was this could have been in the movie this is as dramatic right it should have too much yeah. it would have been too much for the movie it would have been so so I, I think in the movie instead what they decided to do was they decided to have a showdown between daniel and mark because it mm-hmm. made more sense in terms of a love triangle sure. that never happens in the book like yeah. Daniel did sleep with Mark's wife, but it's not a huge plot point like it is in the movie. It just mm-hmm. kind of, it's like mentioned once early on and then, you know, Daniel's a douche, whatever. We'll see in the book, Daniel's a douche from the beginning. So him having some bitch that he's going to marry, it was like, it wasn't that much of like a tip off for her to be like, fuck you. Not like in the in the movie where they're like, oh, we got to really hammer home that he sucks. Like we already knew he sucked. And so her mom is a fugitive mark comes in he's like oh my god what's wrong and so she tells him and this is the part where i was like i'm definitely getting pride and prejudice vibes oh, yeah. like darcy goes oh, off to save yes. the yes totally that's i got that vibe yeah so he was handling business and she's like this is kind of sexy <laughs> mark darcy is on the phone with all the government people with all the police stations he's, he's like I, i'm gonna have a car that's gonna bring us to your 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 dad and we're gonna like figure this out I got this. I got so Mark Darcy goes to Portugal. He manages to get Bridget's mom back. Bridget's mom's come back. It's so frustrating because Bridget's mom is like, What's everyone talking about? He didn't defraud anybody. This bitch is in such serious denial. It's almost like, like, are we like on the same planet? Like, are we arresting the wrong person? You know what she I mean? Remortgaged her house, the one that her and her separated husband own so that they're getting their house repossessed so bridget's dad was calling her like i don't have any money because she stole it all 
she remortgaged the house. So that's getting repossessed. I don't have a home anymore. I'm living with Aunt Una. I felt so bad for him. Oh my God. It was so much. And so the mom comes back. She seems so blase about it. She doesn't even care. And then Bridget hasn't heard from Mark in a while. So she's like, oh my God, my life is literally in shambles. Yeah, she's like, okay. Calls her up at a random point (sighs) where he's like, I made a mistake and I love you, but never really mentioned again. He just kind of falls off the map a little bit. Yeah, he's kind of like that fucking asshole from uh, that movie with Kate Winslet and Jack Black, the one that she's like with, The the Holiday, holiday. where he's like, oh man, I just like you so much. It's like, fuck you. You still have a fiance, okay? I hate you. Stop it. And so then it kind of culminates in this party and it's Bridget's mom throwing a party acting like everything's fine and then she's sleeping back in the same bed with Bridget's dad and all of a sudden Julio bursts in and he's like super drunk nobody knows where he even came from but he's like confronting the dad and he's like you're sleeping with my woman you're sleeping with my woman And so Bridget's mom takes him upstairs and like puts him in a bedroom. And then Mark shows up and he's like, you need to get your mom out of there because the cops are here. They're going to arrest him. And so Bridget goes to her mom, convinces her to come out. And then Julio's dragged out. And she makes mention that her mom's shirt is inside out. Oh yeah, no, her dad was like, oh yeah. Yeah, your shirt's inside out. Let me tell you, this motherfucker is like wanted like internationally. And you were really going to try to have a fucking quickie with this fucking asshole really so really card off julio all this drama ensues and mark just kind of takes bridget and he's like you don't need this let's go no i love it where he's taking her and her mom's like where are you going and mark is like i think she deserves to enjoy the rest of baby jesus's birthday bye but so this all goes down on freaking christmas so mark takes her out for dinner and then they get back to his hotel room and it kind of ends with them hooking up. I thought it was so cute. Well, throughout the whole book, um, Bridget's mom always tells her, don't say what, say pardon. And so they're talking and Mark says something like, like, why, like if, why do you not know why I did all of this for you? Like, it's obvious. And Bridget's like, what? And then Mark is like, don't you mean to say pardon? It was just like super cute. And like, we and have then, an inside joke. <laughs> and then, you know, it ends with them getting together. And then she has a list of like all her stats. And she's like, I have a boyfriend for now <laughs> for going well, on three weeks. Yeah. Well, um, I would say Mark was way hotter in the book. He seemed kind yeah. of lame in the movie. Okay. Very passive. I don't find Colin Firth attractive no 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 i think he's a good actor you know what though um in kingsman he was actually kind of hot i liked him in kingsman and anything else i don't know why he's like older in kingsman maybe because he was like doing like fighting stuff i wouldn't like have sex with him or anything but i thought he was very attractive but yeah so that was bridget jones's diary the ending i think is what really separates it from the movie where it just goes off the train with this whole fugitive story about her mom, where in the movie, the mom just kind of comes back to the dad and she's Mm -hmm. like, you could treat me better, you know? And he's like, I agree. And they kind of kiss and make up. Not in the book. 
Well, also them, Mark and Bridget getting together was way different in the end too, because yeah. Mark ends up coming around, he picks up her diary and Bridget thinks like, oh shit, he read all the horrible things that I fucking wrote about him because he's gone. And so Bridget runs after him, didn't put on pants or anything. And it turns out Mark just, yeah, he had just gone to get her a new diary because she had finished it. So yeah. But and that's the song that sings. Yeah. In the background. It was that cute. plays in the background. Yeah. And it's snowing and it's cold. So it's like you could tell that they wanted a more final ending for the movie mm-hmm. where it's kind of a final ending for the book, but it's still very open. Like it it's written very much like a diary where it's like that isn't the end of your story, obviously. Yeah. And yeah, if Bridget so- has anything to do with it, she's gonna fuck up some way somehow. Yeah. I'm kind of on the fence about if I would read the next several books. I think um, I can only deal with my own neuroses. You know what I mean? (laughs) So reading someone else's, it's just like, wow. um, There's some stuff that I should work on then because I don't want to seem like this chick. I mean, I definitely don't drink as much alcohol. I don't smoke cigarettes or have an addiction to lottery tickets so no. i feel pretty good about my life right now yeah for sure what would you I, rate what would you rate this book i'm gonna rate this book two mental breakdowns out of ten really like i didn't really enjoy it that much oh no but it was an easy read don't get sure. me wrong sure we're like, not we're not talking about how easy it is it's how, how you enjoyed it but i think i've just outgrown my Georgia Nichols, Princess Diaries, all that kind of phase of like super self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. I think I've outgrown reading those types of stories. So sure. I feel like if I had picked this book up when I was 18, I would have loved it. Mm-hmm. But now at 29, I'm just kind of like, get your you life together, girl. wonder why your life is the way it is. It's because of all this shit. Like you've written it down. Okay. Reread it. You'll see what the pattern is. And there's, yeah, it it definitely reads a little young for someone who's 30. Sure. That is true. But I was thinking about that too. I'm like, I'm 28 and I'm, I think I'm beyond this behavior. Yeah. Very much. Well beyond. Yeah. Very much. So I, I definitely think it's like a Sunday in the bath read. Okay. Yeah. Sure. 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 Like I bought myself some junk food and I need to feel okay about that. So I'm going to read Bridget Jones's diary. Sure. I get that. I I would say, I would say six out of 10. It was enjoyable. And honestly, I was living hardcore vicariously through Bridget. I'm like, oh my God, I want to drink out with friends. That I will say, I'm like, I want to go out for a drink. No, but also like I want a nice group of friends. I only have one close friend. That's you. I don't have people that I'm like, they're all good with each other. You know what I mean? And I was like, dang, I just want to call up some people and be like, let's just get hammered and talk shit about guys. I miss that. I just want to go out and dance in a club. So I was just, I was kind of just like glogging, glomming onto that. I I miss that so much. That's why I think those were probably the parts I liked the most was more of just like the friendship times. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, Sharon and Tom and Jude, they were great. What did she call Sharon? Shezza? Shazzer, yeah. Shazzer. Which is very interesting. So that was adorable. And, you know, it's just, 
it's a fun romp if you've got some downtime and uh-huh. you're just like feeling a little self-involved. I think sure. it's a very good book if you want to feel a little bit selfish. Or if you want to feel slightly superior, because that I was feeling kind of like, at least I don't have that problem. Also, side note, totally 90s. This bitch wore tights all the time. I'm so happy that we don't have to wear tights all the time. I fucking hate tights. Oh yeah, she had like a whole section where she was trying to find her work outfit and her first pair of black pantyhose had a hole in the back and then her second pair of pantyhose were too small and then her third pair of pantyhose had a hole that would turn into a run on her toes and so she had to find like a twisted up pair in the laundry and I was like, ew, are those not clean? I mean, the one thing that's good about tights is like, if you forget to shake your legs, you know, no one can tell, but also it just makes me feel like a cased sausage. So also the very dated idea of getting your colors. Oh my God. I know. Actually, I want to do that though. It's the, so it used to be this thing where you would get your colors, which is like, are you a winter? Are you an autumn? So it's like, what colors best suited your skin tone? Mm -hmm. And there were a whole businesses that were dedicated to this idea of you would go in, they would match your color palette and get you like two or three outfits that fit in that color scheme. Mm -hmm. But those were the only colors you could wear. Yeah. Well, the thing is to like piggyback off of that, I, I would like the when you get your colors done, when like you actually go to like a makeup counter expert person and they like look at your skin and they like make your fucking makeup there custom for you. I want that. I, I would definitely do it for makeup. I don't think I'd do it for colors. Oh yeah, fuck Because I, I think I already know what I look okay in. Yeah, like um, 90% of my wardrobe is black because it goes with everything. I need some foundation that's gonna match me because I'm mixed and it's hard. The skin tone, definitely, because I have a very red undertone, but I'm very pale with freckles, so it's yeah. a whole thing going on. Yeah, it's a whole smorgasbord of, I don't know. I'm a full-blown ginger. No idea what's going on here. Yeah. Because if I use porcelain makeup, I look dead. Yeah, that was high I school, look like middle a school for you. Yeah, it was very- I don't want to talk about that right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I threw away that yearbook. <laughs> I actually think I still have it somewhere. Yeah, no, no, I just don't ever want to see myself. Anyway, yeah. So um, what's the next book that we're going to be reading? So the next book we're going to be reading is Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Let me tell you, I actually like the movie. I've watched the movie like probably over a dozen times. I don't know why. I just really like it. It's kind of fucking awesome. Also, Anthony Mackie's in it, which I fucking love him. So, so I, I picked this book actually for a slightly humorous reason. Okay. I was lent this book oh, about yeah, six right. months ago by a coworker who told me that he really loved this book. And I had mentioned that I wanted something new to read. So he was like, oh, you can borrow my copy. Fun fact, I have not read it yet and I still have it. And I feel like a horrible person. There's so much pressure. Like when someone recommends their favorite show, then it's like, oh my God, if I don't like it, then it's like, I have to like face you and like know that I don't like it. I don't feel that pressure with you, but with like, just like acquaintances, you're like, oh, we already have so little in common. Oh, yeah. So I picked this book as a slight nod to him and inside joke that I am finally getting around to reading this book. I'm going to make a whole podcast about it so I can go to work and tell him 
I'm making a podcast about this book. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm actually very thrilled to, to read it. Um, that one and the Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Um, I do want to read that at some yeah, point as well. Yeah, yeah, but, I, but the not, Vampire Hunter one seems awesome. But I don't want to read it for the March book. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. But anyway. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get to that point. Yes. So our next book is going to be Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Thank you for tuning in to our Ooh. Novel Idea podcast. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this slightly more rambling podcast. Totally. I feel like this was like, this was probably one of the only books where I'm just like, you can't go sequentially because like, it's just so fucking all over the place. It's so chaotic. Yeah. And then- like, with how popular the movie is, I wanted to bring up, you know, the differences and kind of some of the similarities because it's pretty true to the basic outline of the story, mm -hmm. but it's the nitty gritty details where things are weirdly very different. Yeah, like... And then the ending is just chaotic, bonkered mess. Yeah, you don't need to know how many things she ate. You don't need to know how many times she, like, called her friends to, like, talk her off of the ledge of being a fucking stalker bitch trying to call Daniel. You know what I mean? Like we just got the key points that put the story along. Exactly. So we hope you enjoyed this podcast. We will see you next week. If you have we won't questions. See them. We won't see them. We'll talk to them. We won't see them. Any questions, comments, compliments, if you're feeling up to it. <laughs> Novel idea. Please, Novel someone idea. comment, please. <laughs> NovelIdeaPodcast.com is where you can find all our social media and our email. Follow us on Instagram and maybe Twitter if, you know, a certain so-and-so ever gets that up and running. I'm a fucking grandma, bro. <laughs> I don't get it. But I'll try. And we will see you guys next week. Bye! Bye. Yeah.